Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Welcome back to the Within Her Soul podcast. If you listened in last week, we talked about all things dating and how to date, when to date, and when to stop dating. But this week, we're going to be talking about marriage. And this will be specifically towards married women, but we're also going to add a little bit for those who do have the desire to be married. And that is the intention of why you're dating. And so we'll be also speaking to you guys, but really we wanted to just hone in on marriage and married women and just letting you know that you're not alone and that you you have other sisters in Christ that are going through what you're going through and also talk about the blessings of marriage and how beautiful marriage is and what God intended it to be. Yes. I have been so excited about this episode because I have actually only been married for two years. So I'm definitely not a marriage expert by any means, but God has really shown me so much about marriage in such a short amount of time. You know, there are definitely things that I expected in marriage that ended up being a lot different than I thought they would be. And then there's Mm -hmm. also lots of blessings that I didn't know I was going to get out of marriage. So I'm excited to kind of speak into that. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I'm actually not married. I, and me and Sid have even talked about this going to this message. I was kind of like, what could I even bring to the table with this message? Cause I, I don't know anything about marriage. And so I am going to be really speaking to those who have the excitement and the desire to be married. And Sydney's going to bring insight to those of you who are married. And so I'm really excited about this message. I think it's going to be able to impact a lot of people, but I am not married. I definitely have gained a lot of insight by watching my friends who are married and the ones who really have put God first in their life. Like they have inspired me so much to, to desire marriage, honestly, because I think whenever we're growing up, we only have our parents to kind of look at marriage until you start seeing your friends get married. Then you kind of see into other people's marriages. And as you start to grow older, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, like this might be me. Like I'm going to have a marriage someday. And so I think one thing I am really thankful for is I'm in a season where I get to really dive deep into what kind of marriage I want and get to not perfect that. I don't think it will ever be perfected, but I do get to be really intentional with it. And that excites me to be able to be surrounded by such amazing women who do put God first in their marriage. And that has had a huge impact on, I think my future marriage to come. So. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. Okay. So before we go into soul scriptures, we put out on Instagram, you know, asking you married women out there, you know, some questions. And I wanted to go over this with you guys, because I think sometimes in marriages, I think maybe you guys feel alone. I don't know. Said you can kind of, um, you, you, you feel that way. I think definitely like when I first got married, I was like, okay, we're going through this and this, like, am I the only one? Does this mean that I made a mistake? Like do other, do other women go through these things? So I think it'll be very comforting just to kind of bring to light some of these things that we all kind of go through. Yeah. And I just thought about this too. And I'm sure like whenever you get married, I think there's a lot of pressure that you should be highlighting all the best things because 
you obviously don't highlight all the worst things. Cause then people will be like, Oh gosh, like what's going on over there. You know, there's just like so much pressure just to show off the highlight reel. And so whenever we ask these questions, it was really awesome to see almost every response be so similar. I was like, wow, it just shows you that like marriage is so real we all go through the same things. We, as in being you guys, y'all all go through the same things and you guys aren't alone in this. So I'm really excited to share some of these questions. First question that we asked was, what's something about marriage you didn't expect? And so a lot of women talked about how hard it was to transition into married life. Like the ones that did wait to like before living together and they were going from being independent with their own space. And now they have someone else in their space and it actually kind of caused some turmoil between the two. And so they said like, that was a hard transition. Commitment comes before the feeling of love. You have to love each other through the times, even when you don't feel like it. Also talking about like the influence of in-laws, how now, you know, husband, wife, you two are each other's main priority, not the rest of your family and the rest of the world. Like it's really you two that comes first before any other opinions or influences. And so, yeah, those were some of the responses. Sid, what what do you have to say about that? So I think one of the biggest things that I didn't expect in marriage is that like, there's going to be days that you don't feel like serving each other, that you literally don't feel like being nice. There's going to be some days that you're annoyed that like, you just have a lot on your plate. You have a lot on your mind and you just don't feel like doing things for the other person. You don't feel like talking. You know, I think that I assumed I'd be this wife who always wanted to do things for her husband and take care of him. And, you know, but like I said, like there's just days where you're just tired and you don't feel like helping anyone or doing anything for anyone. But because Jesus calls us to serve, we have to choose to serve. We have to choose to love and be kind, even if it means like holding our huffs and puffs inside and just like biting our tongue and just being kind, just like choosing to love, even when you just don't feel like it. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't add too much into this list just because we both aren't moms yet. But even in the list of responses, a lot of women had also said they also didn't expect how hard it would be to be a wife with kids in the mix as well, because now you're having to serve not just your husband, but also serve your kids. And so if you're going through that, just know like that's a very normal response. If you're just like, I don't feel like doing it today. I just don't want to serve anyone. Like that's totally normal. But yeah, I think Knowing that it's normal, it will help you kind of process that emotion a little better and say, okay, this is a feeling I'm having. That's totally normal. It's okay. And then finding out maybe even a smaller way that you can serve them. Our next question that we asked was, what is your favorite thing about marriage? And these are really interesting because we had tons of responses. They all said, you know, having my best friend to go through life, like being unconditionally loved by my best friend. And so it's just something I think if you're in this season of like getting excited for marriage, One thing that I really took from that answer is like women, if you're dating and you're dating with intention for marriage, like be looking for someone that you truly feel like is a good friend, like a good person, someone that you can trust, someone that you feel like you can be completely honest and yourself with being able to see all these married women say they feel like they have their forever best friend. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make that a mental note in my life. Like I need to be, I need to want to spend time with this person and trust this person and know that I can count on them um, because it is going to be someone that you lean on for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say the same thing. Like my favorite thing about marriage is probably just always having that person to depend on. Like you're a person who gets you, who you can talk to about anything, like someone to constantly go to and 
tell everything to, you know, and then also just like having that person that always like you're checking in with you always, they always know what you're doing, where you are. Um, it just, it's just having that companion. That's such, you know, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, And I think, I think it's cool to see that you have someone that you're growing together with. Like you get to bring your new dreams to them. You get to bring, you know, you go through hardships so that you can then level up together. And I think when you do that individually, which is kind of the season I'm in where I'm like, I'm leveling up my life by myself. I'm kind of excited to have someone that I'm going to get to cheer on to do that with. Like, I'm not saying you have to level up together at the same time. I think there's probably seasons where they're leveling up and you're just the support and maybe you're leveling up and they're the support for you. But I think that's really exciting to get to have someday to like have someone to level up with. Okay. And then the last question, which we really want to spend some time on is what's one thing you wish you knew before getting married? This is probably my favorite question because I'm like, I want all the details. Like I want to know all the things before I get there. Um, But some of the things that were said were living together can be weird at first. Like you are, you're kind of bringing in this new person into your, to your space. Um, You don't have to rush in what everyone wants for y'all. So people asking when are kids coming? If you're living in an apartment, when are you getting a house? Like all the expectations on the outside coming in on you guys, you don't have to rush anything that you guys aren't ready for. It's okay to disagree. Take the don't go to bed angry seriously uh, to wait sexually for your husband. It'll be so worth it if you wait. Mm-hmm. Communication is key. You can't just leave the conversation because it's hard. You have to work through it. You need to talk about all things before marriage. So kids, politics, religion, parenting styles, like be able to have those questions ahead of time so that you guys have the same foundation going into the marriage. Mm -hmm. And then marriage doesn't solve your issues. It heightens. So these are really good just tips for, you know, any of you guys that are dating right now, or, you know, maybe even engaged and you're like, okay, we need to check some of these off real quick before we go into a marriage and make sure that better prepared for marriage. Yeah. Let's go back really quick to the marriage doesn't solve your issues. It heightens them because I don't want that to come off wrong and make it seem like marriage causes your issues to be worse. But, um, Um, For sure. I think with this statement, I think sometimes for women, and I could be wrong, but I think it's like put on us that our whole life purpose is to get married. So we rush that. Like we are coming out of college. We're looking for our husbands in college. And then all of a sudden we're marrying way too fast and we haven't really found ourselves. And I'm not saying marrying young is wrong at all. I've seen amazing marriages come out of even high school. But I think the point is that If there's things that you're dealing with right now in yourself, marriage isn't the answer. God is Jesus is like Jesus is the one that's going to heal your heart, your past, all the things a man will not. But yeah, so I definitely feel like whenever this, this answer came through that marriage doesn't solve your issues, it heightens them. It just shows you that now all the pain or things that you brought with you is now being seen very clearly by the person that's with you 24 seven. So it's not that the marriage heightens it. It just, now you brought someone in with you. That's really close with you and loves you. And will probably identify the things that you're going through because they do love you and they want to work through it with you. Yeah. And it may affect them as well. So that's why like, it's also important important to take the time to like work on the things that you're going through. Don't just think, Oh, well, that'll, that problem will go away when I get married. If I were just yes. married, blah, 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 blah. Well, not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like if you're already married and you're just now noticing, okay, there are some underlying issues that I had or some trauma or, you know, things that I'm, that are coming out now because I am married and it's being brought to light, like go get help for that. Seriously. Yeah. There's absolutely zero shame. Absolutely. In, 
in counseling and therapy. In fact, like not only is there zero shame there, I would completely applaud you for going to get counseling. It is such a wonderful thing. And God can really use therapists, counselors to heal past traumas that are affecting your marriage, your relationships, how you function, how you speak, how you think. So definitely do that. And sometimes you might not even identify it right now. It might be years down the road. I think there might even be a misconception that you have to work through everything the first year of marriage and then everything is fine after that. And I was like, you know, I feel like as you guys are in marriages, I'm assuming, like I said, I think as you continue to grow, there might be other issues that come out. And so just know one, always seek God, pray, have that, you know, be able to have that communication with each other and being able to pray over it. But you might really do need to go get counseling or be able to talk to a mentor and really be able to identify some areas in your life that you want to improve. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Perfectly normal to not agree on everything and to need an outside opinion to speak Mm. into things. Because if you think about it, you're two imperfect human beings that live in a fallen world. You're both sinful. You both have sinful natures and you both have complex emotions and thoughts and feelings and, you know, um, like your brains function completely different. So it would be very odd if you were completely in sync all the time, Yeah, you know, and just because you're not in sync all the time does not mean there's something wrong. It does not mean you made a mistake. It does not mean that you married the wrong person. It just means that you're human and you need to just go get some help. (laughs) I feel like it was on my heart that I just want to say this, like God can restore your marriage, no matter where you're at right now. I've heard just story yeah. after story, even with adult, uh, what's it, adultery. So it's called yeah. with yeah, adultery, adultery, with, um, pornography. pornography, hateful words, things you wish you could have, like you wish you could take back addiction, like, addiction all of the things that you feel would have been the breaking point in your marriage. Like God can restore. So if you're listening to this or somehow you came across this episode and you're like, these are all great tips, but we're too far gone. There's just no going back. Nope. I just felt like the Lord was really saying it is not too far gone. Um, you can most definitely get revival and restoration, you know, by seeking the Lord together and being able to just lay all that down at the cross. He really can move in your marriage. And I've seen that for many people. So I know he could do that for you too. Yeah. And while we're on that topic, I want to recommend that you go watch two movies. If you are in that place where you think that your marriage is too far gone, it's too awful. There's no coming back. I want you to go watch and we'll, um, I'll try to link these in the description below if you want to go order the movie or whatever, but the war room, number one, and number two, um, it's called fireproof. That movie's been around a long time, but, um, both of those movies will just show you, you know, you are not too far gone for God to revive anything. Like he literally raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So I'm pretty sure he can revive your marriage, even if you feel like it's dead. Absolutely. Yeah. So good. Okay. So tell me some things, Sydney, that you feel like you've learned in marriage. Yeah. So I actually have nine bullet points. I won't talk about them for ages. I'll make it quick, but (laughs) there's nine big things that I learned that I think that is so important that we put out there. Um, If you're married, you've probably already discovered these things yourself. If not, you probably will be soon or at some point, but if you're not married yet, you may want to pause this and go grab a pen and paper so that you can hold on to these tips for the future, because they're definitely things that, you know, I wish I had known Uh, some of these things I kind of knew, but I didn't know the extent of them. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure all the married, all the married women are going to laugh through these. They're like, yep, 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 yep. 
Yeah. And before I go into these, I just, again, I want to say how big of a blessing marriage is and how grateful I am for it. And the gift of marriage, like all the pros absolutely outweigh the con, like the cons and things that you have to work on, you know, but I definitely think these will be helpful, um, some helpful insights. So number one is be okay with being wrong. You are going to get humbled real quick in marriage. (laughs) And it's like, I've just have to accept, you know what? Like sometimes he's right and I'm wrong and I just need to apologize. So apologize easily. Number two, forgive quickly. Show your spouse the same grace that you want him to show you when you mess up. Like when he messes up, if he, you know, says something wrong or, you know, spouts out at you or gets angry or just whatever he does, even if he, um, you know, apologizes and you want to hold it in and just be mad for a little while, like, okay, you can like, you can be mad a little bit, but like, you need to say, I forgive you. You need to make that choice because, and I'm like talking to myself right now, like, because we need to keep in mind, I'm going to mess up too. And how would I want him to respond when I said, I'm sorry, you know? So that's something I've definitely learned. Um, (laughs) Number three is to laugh it out. Things don't always have to be so serious in marriage. Like, honestly, one of the biggest tactics that John and I have learned, and it wasn't like this in the very beginning of our marriage, we finally learned to like, kind of uh, take on this practice, I guess, over time, but like just literally laughing things out. Like a lot of times our arguments will now result in us laughing at ourselves yeah, or making a joke. Like I'll like start laughing at him and be like, we almost just like mock each other because we're like, this is so silly. Silly. Like we realize that we're arguing over something so minimal. And so we end up just making a joke out of it and we just start laughing. Does that make sense? Like we end up kind of just like poking fun in like a silly, playful way. And we just like move past it, you know, number four, know his love language and speak it daily. And he should also know your love language and speak it daily. So if men are not getting, and we're the same way, all humans, if we're not getting love in the way that we receive love, whether it's physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, and gifts doesn't have to be anything expensive. It can literally be writing a yeah. You know, well, just look up the love languages. Um, and there's like a quiz that you can take to learn your love language if you don't know it. But like my husband is a very like physical touch. Like he loves hugs. Yeah. <laughs> and so even when I don't feel like it, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm having those days where I'm just like annoyed with the world or whatever, mm-hmm. I just want to go rest and not talk to anybody. Like I've got to make sure to put my arms around him and love on him. Yeah. Um, and same with him, with me, with my love language. So yeah. Uh, number five, make him and oh, my cousin told me this and I was like, that is so good. She said, make him feel like he's your hero. He wants your husband wants to feel like he's your hero. A lot of times arguments and fights are going to happen because he feels like he's not enough. He feels like, or he feels like he doesn't have the answer and he's actually down on himself. And so it comes out as him being angry at you, but really he doesn't know how to respond because he doesn't have the answer. He doesn't feel like he's done enough. He doesn't feel like he has your respect. Like you literally cannot show your husband enough appreciation. That's something that I've learned. Like you cannot tell him thank you enough. Like John and I really have, I feel like we're definitely not perfect at it, but we've tried to get in the habit of just like thanking each other for the small things. Like literally if he brings me a cup of coffee from downstairs, like, Oh, thank you so much. Like, I'm not yeah. saying you have to be like over dramatic about it, but because like when you thank each other and you show each other appreciation for those things, it makes that person want to keep doing those things, right. you know, but if you never get appreciation, like say I did like something around the house and I never got recognition from John. Like if he never said thank you or like the house looks good, I would honestly probably just want to be like, well, to heck with it. Like no yeah. one's noticing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
you know, I think it goes both ways, like just really, but men really thrive off of feeling respected and women thrive off of feeling loved. There's actually another book I'll recommend. It's called love and respect. That's really good. It kind of explains that whole cycle, but like when we don't feel loved, we don't want to show them respect. And when they don't feel respected, they don't want to show us love. So they call it the crazy cycle in the book, but you can also reverse the cycle and say, you're not feeling loved by your husband, go show him respect And he, watch, he's going to start showing you love. The more that you show him respect, the more he's going to show you love. So it's kind of just something that I try to keep in mind. Um, And I can definitely like recognize when I'm not showing him respect, you know, and I'm like, okay, Sid, like you need to like that, that you value his input and value the things that he do, he, that he, that he does things like that. (laughs) So number six is let go of your expectations. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember that our husband wasn't created to be a robot that does exactly what we want them to do all the time. They're, they weren't created to do exactly what you want when you want. Expectations only lead to letdown. So honestly, like when we first got married, I feel like I had all these expectations of like, you know, I'm going to do this and this and this around the house and he's going to do this and this and he's going to, you know, keep his stuff picked up and do this and this. Well, he doesn't necessarily do everything in the exact way that I want him to do. And God didn't make him that way. Like God didn't make him to be my robot, you know? And Maybe some days, like I'm wanting him to do something around the house, but I have no idea. There's something a lot more important on his mind to get done that day. And if I have this expectation of like, he should have cleaned the house. Well, I'm going to be let down and I'm going to be annoyed and irritated real quick. So I definitely think there's a time to like discuss your expectations and discuss what you want from each other. But also at the same time, we can't just hold that over our spouse's head. Well, it's also like Um, unspoken expectations. I think that are extremely toxic. I guess that's they are. And I mean, this is even for you ladies who are dating. I think it's super easy just to keep all these things in your head. You're like, he should have done this because I did this. He should be doing this because I do this. He should do this because I did this. Like it can be to where they're like, I had no idea that I was even supposed to be doing these things. So definitely, even the communication around your expectations is a good way to start at least. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, I guess I should have clarified a little more. Like when I say, let go of your expectations, I'm not talking about like the important stuff. Like, oh, yeah, yes, no, you're going to have sure. expectations and important stuff. Like yeah, how you treat each other and kids right. and family, you know, all those things, but like little nitpicky things. Like I expected him to wipe up the stove after he like <laughs> got the, you know, got done cooking, like yeah. let go of some of those little things because all it's going to do. And I'm literally, I'm learning right now from just from like rehashing this and re-talking yeah. about it, but let go of those things because it's only going to make you irritated. And it's going to, yeah. when you're feeling irritated and frustrated, it's going to make you not ponder on and think on how great of a blessing marriage is and how much yeah. you love your spouse. And like the enemy really does try to work his way into those yep. the little things. Yep. The little things. Yeah. So number seven is don't micromanage. And this really goes into number six too. But like when we micromanage, I mean, John has literally told me before, like you cannot micromanage me y'all. Like I'll be the first to say, I love control. Yeah. I'm like kind of OCD. Like I don't just say like, I, I literally take medicine for, for OCD. <laughs> so I get it, but it makes them feel disrespected. It makes them feel like they're not enough. Like they're not doing enough. They're, you know, losing a bit of their sense of independence. Yeah. So we just got to let them do their thing and be yeah. grateful to th- for the things that they do do, you know? Yeah. Number eight is keep yourself attractive. And what I mean by this, I'm not saying that you like have to have the perfect body or the perfect hair all the time or anything like that, 
but just like taking care of yourself and letting your husband see that you value and respect yourself. I feel like he's going to be even more attracted to you. And that like attraction is a huge thing in marriage. You know, I mean, God made sex for marriage and it is very important that you stay attracted to each other um, so that you want to continue having sex. I was going to say that keeping yourself attractive, that just genuinely means loving yourself. I think one of the best things for attraction is the confidence you portray. And when we aren't taking care of ourselves, we then think and have to seek this admiration for our husband, uh, relying on them to make us feel sexy or beautiful. But if you can already know that you're beautiful and already know that you're sexy because of the things that you're doing for yourself, your body, your mind, your, your goals, you know, things that you're going after. I know for me, one of my, one of the most attractive traits and for me in a man would be his admiration for his goals. And when someone is chasing after that, they already kind of carry the admiration of taking their, their physical self. Like they take care of their physical self, you know? So I definitely feel like all those go hand in hand. And I know it's so easy, especially for maybe wives that have kids and you're like, that's funny. I don't even have time for myself, but even just taking that one moment that makes you feel confident, you know, like what is going to pour into your confidence so that you can kind of spice it up for your husband. You know, you can, like Cindy said, it doesn't have to be the face of makeup you put on, you know, but like how you portray your confidence to your husband will make him honestly just be even more attracted to you day in and day out. I think that that is definitely a good, a good uh, tip. Yeah. And let me just say this, like when you feel good about yourself, you're going to want to have sex more, which is really good for your marriage. You're going to feel more confident when you do have sex and you're, you're going to have naturally more of a, like if think about it this way, like if you are feeling attractive and like you think your husband thinks you're attractive, then you're going to naturally have more of a sex drive. It's going to be better for your marriage. And again, just trying to mark it off on something that you're supposed to be doing that. Week. Yes, absolutely. Again, yeah. this is not to say you have to have the perfect body or a face full of makeup or your hair done. Like this right. could be something like putting on a spritz of perfume, in yeah. the morning. like yeah. putting lotion on your face, putting on some chapstick, like yeah. brushing your teeth, shaving your legs. Yeah. Like seriously, just the little things that make you feel good about yourself. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one that I put, and this is a huge one that God recently just showed me is ask yourself the question regularly. Am I a liability or an asset to my husband? A liability is something that you have to take care of. An Mm. asset is something that brings value. Mm. So for example, you know, be an encourager, be a supporter, lift him up instead of constantly complaining or being a problem for him to fix. I will say when you're married, even when you're dating, you know, someone seriously, it's easy to get into the habit of just venting, coming home and getting everything off your chest. And just, you know, eventually that can turn into playing the victim. And sometimes like, it's like, because you're so comfortable with that person and you feel like you're getting sympathy from that person, it can start to feel good to vent. So it can feel good to get in that habit of coming home, venting, coming home, venting, you know, and then eventually you're into the mindset of playing the victim and it becomes your whole marriage and you're not, you're not fun to be around anymore. Yeah. You know? Like I've caught myself being that before and just almost like getting in that victim mindset because I'm venting to my husband and I know he loves me and he wants yeah. to encourage me and stuff. And so, you know, I have to ask myself, am I a liability or an asset? 
Yeah. Right now I'm being a liability. I'm being something that he has to take care of. There's definitely a time and place to vent to your husband and get things off your chest, you know, that are bothering you and things like that. It's great to have that type of marriage that you can talk about those things, but how can I change myself from being a liability to being an asset, to being, you know, a wife that brings value to this marriage. And that's going to make him so much happier. And honestly, that part's hard for me sometimes because my husband is so good about like, I swear I could like complain and vent to him every day. (laughs) And he would just be like, it's okay, but like, he's so understanding, (laughs) but so, yeah, so I have to watch it with that, but that, yeah. 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 Those are really good. So going into our soul scripture for this week, we chose the verse Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. And we are not going to read that whole passage to you just in one sitting. What we really want to do is read you a few verses and then really dissect what these mean. And this is actually how we actually love to study the Bible anyways, you know, just really breaking down each verse and seeing how it can apply to our lives. And so we're going to start with Ephesians 5, 22 through 24. And it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Yeah. So I feel like oftentimes the world takes the scripture so out of context and they look at it as this submission where the wife has to do everything that the husband tells her to do. And I mean, I even had a friend one time when she was getting married, she was like, well, you know, that scripture may say that, but my husband isn't about to tell me what to do. And I was like, no, you are literally missing the point. That is not what the scripture is saying. Instead of it being like that, it's a Christ-like submission. So think about the way that we submit to to the Lord's leadership. And we do that because he loves us and because we love him, because we value the way that he leads us. You know, it's the same thing with our marriage. We submit to and honor our husband's request and the things that he wants for us because we respect and value his opinion, his input, his leadership, and because he loves us. So God also gives us free will though. You know, he leads us and he gently guides us and shares with us what's best for us, but then leaves it up to our free will. And it's the same with our husband. The husband is to lead us and guide us. And we're to submit to his request because we love and honor him, but we also have free will. It's yeah. not him taking control of our life until it's right. right. And even in another translation, um, I love when I read scripture, I go into the message Bible and just kind of read the translation in it because it does even break it down more for our understanding. And it says, wives understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. And so just like Sydney said, like when it says to submit, it's a longing for, it's like a. I'm submitting my life because I long for the life with you. Like I want to do this with you. And it's like, it's not the you versus him. So yeah. So basically what it's saying is that the way that you love Christ should be the same way that you love your husband and and honor him and want to um, know him more and create that relationship with him. And so that, I think that's just a really cool way to understand it. It's not submission. And like Sydney said, you have no say and you're, you know, only doing what he says, it really is a, a longing for like you, you want to love him the way that you love Christ. Yes, for sure. So going into verses 25 through 28, it says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ has also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing with that. She should be holy and without blemish. 
So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Mm. So it kind of goes back to that cycle of submission and love. As we submit to our husbands, they are to love us. And because they love us, they lead us in, you know, in a gentle and kind way. So like you see the cycle I submit by honoring and respecting his wishes and what he wants, you know, for us, not in a way where he's telling me what to do. Right. But I'm honoring him. And because he loves me, those wishes are said with my best interests at heart. He has my best interests at heart. It's a cycle of love. It's not a cycle of dominance. Yes. And in the translation of the message Bible, it says, husbands go all out in your love for your wives. Exactly how Christ loves the church says he should bring the best out in you. And then since two become one that actually benefits both together, which is the same saying of he who loves his wife loves himself because if he can honor and love his wife, that is actually showing a reflection of how he loves himself. And I think just like Sydney said, it's that cycle. Husbands bring something to the table. Wives bring something to the table. And when they're brought together, it's of equal of importance for sure. So going into the last verses, 29 through 33, it says, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So I think that this, man, this is like a whole topic we could go into in itself. But it's so important for us to recognize the scripture that says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Because I do feel like, and even from the feedback we got from the women, you know, that when we asked our questions about marriage on Instagram, like they were saying that they had, you know, they didn't realize the impact that in-laws would have on their marriage. And if we're not careful, it can cause division and it can cause conflict and Praise God. This is one area I think that my husband and I have always been pretty, pretty good at is, you know, we, we know that we are submitted to each other and that, that our loyalty is now to each other, not to our parents. It doesn't mean that we're no longer loyal to our parents as well, but first and foremost, our priority and our loyalty is to each other. Yeah. So both of us should respect and value our spouse's opinion over our parents' opinion in all situations. Yeah. And it, it sounds so harsh to say it that way, but I think that it's almost necessary. No, yeah. Know, because, because we do, we grew up, you know, listening to our parents and the most part, like listening to our yeah. parents and really valuing their input and their opinions. And so, especially I feel like in the first few years of marriage, it can be tempting to like, if your spouse says one thing and you're, you go talk to your mom about it and she says something different to side with your mom. And then guess what that's going to do? That's just going to cause a problem between your spouse. And so, yeah. And I think something to really hone in on in this verse, it says becoming one flesh. That means it can no longer separate. Like when you become one, that means there is no separation. And I think going into a marriage, you know, knowing that you are leaving your family, like you are leaving them to be joined with your husband and becoming one. That does mean it's not you versus him. It's, it's, you guys are together and there is no separation under God and going into a marriage just to kind of close this up. You can't, you can't go in with this selfishness of 
you are now going to bring value to me. It really does have to be a submission and, and an act of selflessness rather than selfishness and know that you're going into the marriage saying, I want to bring value to you. Instead of it being like, I'm going to get something out of this. It's, I want to give you something like I want to serve you in this way. And I think if you can find a partner, I'm speaking to the ladies looking for marriage. If you can find a partner that is so in tuned with God and knowing the intention of marriage, knowing that it is an act of service, you know, an act of giving, you know, I think that will be something that's a good quality to look for. I think when, when going into that. So, yeah. And if you don't feel like you're at that point in your marriage and you're already married, pray for that. Yeah. Pray, 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 pray. Yeah. And I think there's definitely going to be days where you're like, like we said in the very beginning where you're like, I don't have one giving bone in my body today, but I do think that's what strengthens your relationship is when you do it anyways, it's just that discipline, you know, and it's growing of character. It's when you give anyways. And I will say this, and I've seen this even in my past relationships, like in dating, when I did something nice, when they did not deserve it, let's just talk about that. They will notice, they will be like, wow. Okay. I, I can see the act of selflessness here, which then in turn makes them want to do the same. I need to straighten up. Yeah. Seriously. Like it kind of makes them say, okay, hold on. Like they are like, she's doing this for me, knowing that, like knowing that she's mad at me, knowing that we just got an argument, she still brought me lunch, you know, or she still gave me the hug or she still complimented me. And seeing that act of selflessness, I think will also strengthen the relationship together. And it's, definitely a practice for sure. It's not easy. And I think that's just in life. I think we should, we should take that into our life um, with all relationships that we have, but yeah. So we will go ahead and just hop right into our soul assignment. And so for this week, we want you to think about like, what is something and look, we're about to get real, real quick, but like, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the soul assignment too. So this isn't pointing any fingers, but like, Yeah. So let's hop right into this week's soul assignment. And this one is going to get real, real quick. Um, I'm going to be honest. It may not be something that you want to do, but I'm going to be right here doing it with you. So I want us to ask ourselves, wives, what is something that you have been either nagging on your husband about, or even something that's like internal that you've just been getting irritated and annoyed with constantly. Mm, (laughs) And, um, I want you to go and pray about it instead. Tell yourself, I'm going to stop nagging about this. I'm going to stop. Like it's not changing, you know, whatever. And just go pray about it and ask the Lord to either change that in him. If it's something that needs to be changed or change your heart and change the way that you feel about it, help you not to be annoyed with it, whatever it is. So, um, and then take that and go this week and honor your husband in a new way. Yeah. And to add to this, I think there's something really beautiful. Like I said, about doing something for somebody else, when you really don't feel like you want to, or feel like they deserve it it will change your heart and it will change their heart. And so when, when thinking about all the things that you've been frustrated with your husband about maybe this week, go in and pray about it with the Lord and then go serve him in a new way and see, I'm excited to kind of hear about what happens in, in the relationship after that's being done over and over again, you know, Um, for single ladies, I was going to say, obviously you don't have a husband to do this with, but, um, write out a prayer for your future husband this week and just really get specific to the Lord, get intentional and pray over these qualities that we've given you and kind of what to get excited about for marriage and what kind of marriage you might want in the future. And just write out that prayer, 
reading that out every single day, you know, just before you go to bed, just pray for your future husband right now in the season that you're in. But yeah, just go this week and pray for your future husband. Yeah. Okay. So before we go, I know that we've given you several recommendations of books and movies to go watch, but this is one that I really, really highly, highly recommend. And it's called the power of a praying wife by stormy Omarsh Omartian. I'm not sure how to say it. I think it's Omartian. This is something that I read in the beginning of our marriage and oh my word, it changed the way that I function in our marriage for real. And I honestly wish I had read it before we even got married. So whether you're married or you're not married, I would really suggest getting this book. So we will link that in the description as well. Yes. And before we go into prayer, I just wanted to tease you guys with next week. We will be talking about all things, purity, sex, you know, sex before marriage, just the importance and just really going deep into um, our stories with this. And so it's going to be really good. Want to pray us out? Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up the woman under the sound of my voice in this podcast episode. I pray, Father, that you will help her in whatever season she's in, whether she is married, has been married a long time, is a newlywed, or is just dating. Maybe she wants to be married one day. Meet her where she's at. Equip her for marriage. Equip her to be the wife that you have called her to be, to be a godly influence to her husband. And to be gentle, loving, kind. Lord, help us on those days that we don't feel like being kind or loving or serving. Help us to do those things. Give us strength and give us um, give us encouragement and give us peace. And I just thank you for the woman listening. And I pray just blessings over her life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. If you haven't heard yet, we have an exclusive membership where you can come and dig deeper into the Bible and take your faith to the next level. We provide a monthly workbook with daily scriptures and journaling prompts to strengthen your spiritual walk. We also have weekly soul sessions where we connect each week and learn about what the Bible teaches us and how to apply it to our lives. If you're ready to transform from lukewarm Christian status into a consistent, confident faith that is laced with boldness, go to thesoulsociety.co to learn more. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. You can catch us at withinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.